Good morning, everyone. Today, Bezat Hashem, will be learning Daftet Zayin in Masechas Kiddushin. Uh, we'll start at the two dots, Uvishtar, right, at the top of Tet Zayin. Uh, I apologize, I missed yesterday. We have to review some things, because today we're going to go over the Mishnah on Yudal and Amid Beis and fill in some of the story with Avadim. Now, the Avadim are, you know, it's not a PC Gemara. Uh, my friend Shifra at work, the hygienist, was uh, listening to her son with it in the car, and she's like, what is going, what is this? Okay, not, not enough time today for the philosophical discussion. It was definitely different times, and you were talking about two scenarios where a Jew would become an Eved. We're not talking about Eved Kanani, we're talking about an Eved Ivri. In fact, that's the topic of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says that an Eved, Ivni, Eved Ivri, right, a Jewish Eved, he would be nikna bekesef uvishtar, so you acquire him bekesef uvishtar, and he then leaves koneatzmo uh, when he either expires his six year or at the end of a yovel, uh, six year service or at the end of a yovel, or giron kesef, which is as we've described, and this is all going to be in today's Gemara, so we have to discuss it. Giron kesef is when you do what? You do the buyout, okay? Um, for the re- remainder of your term. Uh, and then, Yesever Allah, which is an interesting language, the Amma Ivria, right? So we have the male and the female. The, the female is a, a fundamentally different thing. We've already discussed it. That whereas the Eved, so we're going to talk about this now. Two Parshios, okay? This Parshios Mishpatim, because there's two ways that an Eved Ivri can become an Eved, okay? So, in Parshas Mishpatim is when we talk about the Ama Ivria that's, that's mentioned now, right? So in the Mishnah it says the Ama Ivria is Kones Atzma Besimanim. So that's what the Parsha in the Torah in Parshas Mishpatim in Sefer Shemot says, that basically Kim Kar Ishas Bito, a father literally sells his daughter for servitude, right? And the whole Parsha, as we'll see, and we've already discussed many times, that, lo, that the expectation essentially is that the master who purchases her, purchases her, is going to marry her. Otherwise, it's considered somewhat, right, of a, uh, if he doesn't, it's uvigdoba, right, um, of a uh, betrayal if he doesn't marry her. And then it actually says, im acheres which is important, right, if he takes another wife, then he should still not treat her badly, which is the Torah's way of saying that, again, you have a master, he's perhaps buying this uh, maidservant for pragmatic reasons to, I don't know, do stuff around the house, or maybe for magnanimous reasons in order to help her, because obviously she's being sold to servitude, not from a position of strength, but out of a little bit of a financial desperation, but the expectation is that he's going to marry her and, so to speak, love her, to use the modern parlance, as much as another wife that he would take. And of course, we learn from the idea of that just like the second one would be purchased, so to the first one, uh, just like a regular wife is so to this one, and we learn, as we, uh, as we learn, a lot of similarities. And in all of these parshas, we're learning what are the differences and what are the similarities. That's with the Amma Ivriya. So the, back in the mission, the mission has said, that the Am Ivriya is Kones Atzma Besimanim. That is really very serious, Andrew, because that's totally different than, than an adult. As we will now discuss, 
the adult male is a totally different circumstance. Whereas the female is sold by her father and is kone atma bisimanim, which means as soon as she gets simanim, she is no longer considered an ama ivriya. She goes free, right? The um, right then the adult male, on the contrast, has two other partials. One is in Sefer Vayikra, Chiyamuch Achicha. So the Yamuch Achicha, right, the Nimkar Lach, right, is a Eved that wants to, right, that, that is going to actually sell himself to you, and he's going to do what? He's going to want to become a slave, right? He's going to become a slave, and there's two scenarios. Either he wants to, or... A Bezdin is going to sell them to you. And those, that's what we discussed in yesterday's daf. It wasn't here, but in yesterday's daf we discussed that those are actually two very, very different uh, ideas. That was in, right, so that was in Parshas Behar in Sefer Vayikra, right, Kesachir Yovel, as opposed to, right, in, when we get to Parshas Re'eh in Sefer Devarim, Right, it says ki macher lacha eved ivri. Right, ki yevacha avyon, ki macher lacha eved ivri. So we have right vavdacha sheshes shanim oshenatri tishalchenu chavshim yimach. Right, and we had also mishpatim, the eila hamishpatim, the eved ivri. That's the that's the beginning of all the mishpatim that we're discussing. Is all the discussions of eved ivri. Now, these are not all the same cases. Some of the parshios are referring to. Again, the two ways that an adult male can become an Evid. He can either become an Evid by being sold by Bezdin because he, what? What's the scenario? Very important. He stole, he uh, then has to pay back, and part of it, and he, and he doesn't let's say have the money to pay back. Bezdin is going to decide, no, you are going to have to pay back in the form of servitude, okay? That is a very different kind of Evid Ivri than Evid Ivri that was so destitute that he turned himself in. You may recall there was a big machlokas between the Tanakam and Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar said that those two avadim have the same exact halachas for everything. The Tanakama held very, very differently that there are four fundamental differences between an Evid Ivri that sells himself and an Evid Ivri that gets sold. As, as follows. When an Evid Ivri decides to turn it into a career voluntarily, then the whole six years so the whole parsha of Evid Ivri, what we know is an Evid Ivri, right, is really relevant only when he gets sold, according to the Tanakama. If he's like deciding to turn it into a career, then it's the six years doesn't apply. He can have a contract. He can have a 12-year contract if he wants. He doesn't have to have a six-year contract. doesn't go away after six years. And also, Eino Nirza, right? He doesn't, he doesn't go the whole parsha again. It has to do, and you, you might recall from yesterday, of the context, right? The context of the Parsha is talking about an Ebedibri that was sold by Bezdin. Therefore, this whole idea of Nirza, of going and getting, right, uh, deciding to stay until Yovel uh, and getting his ear punctured is not relevant to the Ebedibri that does so voluntarily. Also, because it's a business transaction, it's turning it into career, he's not getting the Manikim law, he's not getting the severance package. Right? And, and also, he doesn't get the Ain Rabba Moser Lo Shifcha Kenanis. Again, this is all according to the Tanakama, fourth fundamental thing, which is very different. There's a certain degree of servitude. The way I would say it uh, in modern parlance is if you're doing it as a career, so you're, very, you're not really a slave. 
you're kind of just, it's a matter of like a financial almost transaction. So all the, what we would call a classic Evan Ivry, right? Like in Parshas Mishpatim, what we would call a classic Evan uh, Ivry is an Evan that, uh, right, or, or in Parshas Ray, is, is an Evan that is, has a Kenyan, as we will see today. There's a, there's a real Kenyan, on, the master can give him to Shifcha Kananis, as we learned yesterday. He could force him, Balkarcho, to be with Shifcha Kananis. There's a certain Kenyan, what we would call a Kenyan Aguf, or, or what the Ramban calls a Kenyan Isser. There's a certain authority over him that's very different than just a guy who's working for you, right? If you can give him a Shifcha Kananis, then, then it's a totally different thing. And it also has to do with, obviously, the severance package and all of those things, as, according to Tanakama. That's the classic Evid that gets sold as opposed to one who does it as a career. So now, we're in the two dots, five lines down, we're talking about the shtar. Says the Gemara Minalan. How do we know? So that was all, up until now, we talked about that he could be nicknamed Kesef, and we discussed all the things that I mentioned until now. The question now is, how do we know that he can also be nicknamed Ishtar? So all of the things that we've said until now are going to become relevant because we're all comparing the cases. Amar Ula, Amar Kar. The Pasuk says, Imacheret Tikachlos. And now we're comparing it to the Amar Ivriya, right? So remember, as we just said, that was the, that was the uh, Pasuk where we said, if the master of a maidservant takes another wife, says the Gemar, Hikisha Kosov Lacheres. The Pasuk comp- uh, compares, what? That the Amar Ivriya to the subsequent wife that the master would take. Okay, so again, we're going to do a uh, correlation of, of things. So what's the correlation? The first correlation is that we learn by an Ama Ivriya that she could be acquired by a star, right? How do we know that Ama Ivriya is acquired by a star? Because the second woman is acquired by a star. So now you see the, the sequence. Imacheres ikachlo means that if he takes another wife, this is the case of Anama Ivriya. So he's taking her Bakesef Shtarubiya. That's how we start in Masechus Kiddushin. Which is to say, the same way he's taking her, that's how he's taking the Ama Ivriya. So that's how we know that an Ama Ivriya is nicknamed Bishtar. Now that we know that Ama Ivriya is nicknamed Bishtar, it's assumed that an Evid would also be nicknamed Bishtar. You see that? Because the Ama Ivriya and the Evid should have the same uh, halacha. The Gemara then asks, however, well, we have a machlokas. We're going to cite the machlokas uh, now, but first we're just going to lay it out the, conceptually. The machlokas is as follows. Who writes the star in the case of Am Ivriya? Okay, so Adon Kosva means that the master, right? So you have the father and you have the girl and you have the master. So the master is writing to the, one, one opinion is that the master is writing to the father, uh, I am acquiring your daughter, okay? And that's similar to a, a husband writing to his wife, right? Or a master, right? right um, the ashtar of Kiddushin, because it's the person who's doing the acquisition that's writing the shtar. And Amar Av Kosvo, Right, the other opinion would be that who's writing it? The father is writing to the master. I hereby give my daughter to you as an Ama Ivriya. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then that's unlike a Shtar Kiddushin. Because there, it's not the person that's making the acquisition that's writing the Shtar. It's the person that's giving over uh, that's the daughter that's writing the Shtar. And according to that, my Meimar. So you see what's happening here? In other words, the original assumption is that the Shtar is, te- is teaching you Right, that it's a star kiddushin, 
but and and that there's a comparison between the star kedushin and the star of Reneved. But that says the Gemara only can be compared if you're in fact going to say that the star is going in the same direction. If the star if the star is not going by the acquiring party, so then you can't compare the two stars. So it's very funny, Barry, because and, and we do this so many times. We're taking things that aren't really, I mean, as an objective third party here, I'm taking things, we're taking things that are so different and we're trying to say that, that they're the same. Like, uh, and we'll see this throughout the Gemara and we've seen it already. Uh, we have some assumptions like, oh, and we, we see this all the time. Like, what is stronger? What is a stronger acquisition? Kesef, Shtar, or Bia, or Chazaka, as we'll see. You know, a, a variety of different methods of acquisition. And we're saying, well, if this method of acquisition should work for one way, then this method of acquisition should also work, then, then for sure it should work for another way because it's such a strong method of acquisition. But the cases are so different that it's always this balance that the Gemara is going to talk about. Like, okay, star is very strong, but it's in a different context, right? Just like you can acquire by Bia. Yeah, but acquiring by Bia for Yavama is very different than acquiring by Bia, right, for... Uh, for anything else. Like, you're not going to expand that to Eved because that's an obviously totally different scenario. So it keeps going back. It's hard when you're learning this Be'iyun, right? If you're learning this in Yeshiva, you're always trying to figure out the subtle abstract of like, you start off with, oh, this method of Kenyan is in the abstract stronger, but then you put it in context and it's a totally different thing. So here again, we're saying Shtar, you're going to try to make a comparison, but are the cases really comparable? Well, the case is only comparable if you're going to say that I'm a Ivriya Adon Kosvo, if it's in fact the Adon that writes it, where's the Machlokas as follows? Says the Gemara, the Itmar, Shtar I'm a Ivriya Mi Kosvo, right? The the, the Brisa asks, right? Who writes the Shtar? Ravuna Amar Adon Kosvo, right? So that I'm a Ivriya, Ravuna says that it's the Adon, and Rav Chista Amar Av Kosvo. Rav Chista is the one that says that the father writes it. So how Nilachala Ravuna? So just like we articulated now, that according to Ravuna, it makes sense to make the comparison of the acquisition of an Eved to the acquisition of an Isha, because it's in fact the acquiring party that writes the Shtar. How is Rav Chista going to learn the source that an Eved could be acquired with a Shtar? So Amar of Achabar Yaakov, Amar Kra, right? And it's amazing, like you would say, what do you mean? Isn't, it, isn't all of them acquired by a Shtar? No. Yeah, of course you write a document. You can write a contract, but that's not called acquiring with a Shtar. Right? The question is, can that document be the acquiring, can, what, what's creating the Kenyan, right? That's the question. So Amar of Achabar Yaakov, Amar Kra, Lo Avadim. Right? This was, again, with reference to the Amma Ivriya. She doesn't go out like the other Avadim. Okay? Uh, so, 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 like Rashi says, uh, look at the Rashi in the last wide line. Beshain ve'ayin. Right? That's what the Gemara says. That an Evet Kanani, if you maim them, he's going to go free. Right? Um, however, the, as, as Rashi says, Right? So that's, that's, Rashi's explaining what the Pasuk means. He says, If you maim, famously, as we've already discussed, an Evid Kanani, he goes out immediately. If you maim an Evid Ivri, he doesn't go out. He just, you pay him for the damages of the, of the limb, and he still finishes out. The six-year term wins out. Okay? So what's the comparison? There's a contrast. That she doesn't go out like an Evid Kanani, but her Kenyan's like an Evid Kanani. In other words, it's a Limud, right? Uh, 
so the way they interpret the inference in the Pasuk is that even though she doesn't go out like an Evakinani, she can be Kona like an Evakinani. That's the source. Um, that's the source for Rav Chista. Umay Nihu. What would be the way that she goes in like an Evakinani? Shtar. Okay. So that's, that's quite a leap, right? Why does it have to be Dafka Shtar? Says the Gemara. Ve'ema aval avadim. Umay Nihu Chazaka. In other words, right, the contrast is she doesn't go out like an Evakinani, which must mean, oh, so maybe she goes in like an Evakinani. But an Evakinani can be Kone, not just by Shtar, but also by Chazaka. How do we know? Because that's what Rashi again explains. Chazaka, right, is, is also Itkish Lekarkos, as we'll learn in Dav Chav Beis, says Rashi, that Kesef, Shtar, and Chazaka are the three ways that an Evakinani is Nikne. So maybe that's the way that Alma Ivri would be Nikne? Maybe that's the way that, again, our Mishnah said that, that he's kone, be, right, bekesifu vishtar. So why isn't it bekesifu chazaka? The Torah never says that he's nikna bechazaka or bishtar. It never makes a distinction. So why are we assuming that the way that an Evid Ivri is nikna is shtar? Maybe it's chazaka. Now Barry would ask, what do you mean chazaka? How are you kone an Evid with chazaka? So, the, so Rashi explains there too. You ask him to do one thing, you force him to do malacha achas, and that's itself the Kenyan. Right? Okay. So fine. So the Gemara says, so how do we know the difference between Shtar and Chazaka? Again, so we're bouncing around. This is why I, I, I referenced the different psukim. We're bouncing around from Parsha to Parsha, and from each one, we're taking an inference. So what's the inference here referring to the Ava Evid Kanani? That when an Evid Kanani's master dies, the uh, heirs inherit the Evid Kanani. Okay? So the, in, in saying that, the Pasuk says, Visnachaltem osam, livnechem acharechem, osam. Who's osam? Osam is bechazaka. Velo acher bechazaka. Which is to say, right, that no other type, that an Evakinani, just them specifically, only an Evakinani can be acquired bechazaka. And when it says, Visnachaltem livnechem acharechem, that Evid Kanani is acquired through a, uh, through um, an inheritance, right? There's an extra word, osam, in there to teach you that it's only the Evakinani that's Nikne Bechazaka, and they are, in fact, Nikne that way. But any other Evid, right? The only other Evid really is an Evid Ivri, is not going to be Nikne Bechazaka. So we have a limit in the Pasuk to teach you that not Nikne Bechazaka. We have a comparison that it is, in fact, Nikne, not Lokitse Savadim, and therefore, it, the only thing left to say is that uh, according to Rechista, it would be Nikne Bishtar. Says the Gemara, Be'ema Osam Bishtar, Velo Acher Bishtar. Yeah, but all it says is Osam, says the Gemara, right? Osam doesn't mean any. It's not, it's just like a word. It's one word, and it's, yeah, okay, so it's an exclusionary fa- phrase. But how do you know that it's excluding Chazaka or Shtar, right? How, how do you know which one it's excluding? You see what's going on, Barry? So, uh, right, the, we're learning the Pesukim, we're saying, okay, so, so, so Nebuchadnezzar is, is excluded, uh, is, is the only one that's, that is going to be Nebuchadnezzar, but it doesn't say that in the Pesuk, that's the point. The Pesuk is just saying one word, Osam, and we're reading all this into it. So it, the Gemara, you know, you could take some uh, inspiration out of this, which is going to leave no stone unturned, right? Even though we're making a lot of inferences, we want the inferences to have to be compelling in some way, and this is an ambiguous inference. Osam doesn't say that it's excluding Shtar or Chazaka. How do we make that decision? Which one it's excluding? Right? So the Gemara says, Haksiv lo Okay. So, so 
it, then in order to do that, we say, well, look at the Pasuk. It says, and that is referring to the Ama Ivria again, okay? So that means that what? In that Pasuk, we say that she, in fact, and we know that she can be acquired by a star. So you have to understand, therefore, that Osam must be referring to, to, to exclude a Chazaka and not a star. So wait, the Gemara is saying, is that true? Like we're, we're doing, now we're doing a circular logic. Like we're just, oh, because, because there we knew it meant a star, but how do we know that there it means a star? It says the Gemara, how do you know that you can construe all the Psukim in that way and not the exact opposite? Like we're doing a circular logic. Like the whole way that we thought an Amma Ivri would be Bashtar is because the Avakarani would be Bashtar. But we're just like convincing ourselves that it's Bashtar because we're comparing one to the other, but we never really had like a, a fixed source to indicate whether it was a star or a chazaka. To which the Gemara answers, Mistar brashtar havalela rabuye, shechein motzia bevatz Yisrael. Yeah, it makes more sense that, the, that what we're talking about to, to not exclude, right, which is to say to include, would be the star as opposed to the Kenyan in the form of chazaka, because that's how, you know, you get divorced, right? You use a, a star get. And so, you know, star is much more relevant than chazaka. Okay. So Gemara says, what do you mean? Adaraba. Chazaka avalele rabuye. Shekein kone benichse ager. In other words, we're talking about acquiring a ger, right? How do you acquire the possessions of a ger who dies? Well, a star. So why would a Kenyan uh, of acquisition, um, I'm sorry, with a chazaka, rather, right? In other words, a star doesn't have that ability. Again, if a ger, right, dies, and he has no heirs, and now there's a whole bunch of possessions there, nobody's writing a star, right? Who's going to write the star? And they're gonna, who's going to give a star to who? The ger is like a standalone ger, right? A single man converts and then dies with no possessions. There's nobody to give a star from one direction to another. So how do you acquire his possessions? We acquire his possessions. How do you do so? Chazaka, right? You just basically take it. Yeah, you, you make a Kenyan on it, as we say, right? Okay, so that's how you acquire a ger. So that's a common way of acquisition for a ger. So... So, in other words, that form of acquisition, chazaka, is not less common than shtar. I mean, okay, so you use a shtar in the, in the situation of gitin, but you use chazaka in a situation of acquisition of a ger's property. So we don't have anything to indicate one way or the other. So it says the Gemara, That's what the Gemara answers. In other words, even though it's true that you acquire the possessions of a ger with a chazaka, when it comes to inyanim of ishus, right, so whether it be marrying a woman or divorcing a woman, you never see chazaka, right? That's a concept that doesn't go with ishus. So again, this is what I was saying before, Andrew, that we're comparing, right, different things. Sometimes they're disparate, but we're comparing different things. When you do so, it's unlikely that a chazaka would have anything to do with ishus. It's much more likely that it would be a star. okay? So once it's likely it'll be a star, then that is the method that you're going to require, that you're going to acquire the Ama Ivria, who you're expected to marry. And once you have that and you know that that's Bishtar, now you have your fixed point, right? Now you can go on this 
chain reaction of comparisons that the Yama Ivriya is going to be compared to the Evan Ivri, right? And, and it all has to do with Shtar as opposed to Chazaka, right? So this was all a discussion of why you have this bias, right, of Shtar over Chazaka, and the, and the bias is that Chazaka is really not so relevant in Ishus, and once you're starting with the Yama Ivriya, then if that's going to be a starting point, that has to do with Ishus, and therefore it's more likely to, that, we're, that when the Pasuk says Asem, it's excluding a chazaka and not excluding a star, which is to say, you're a kona the amevri bishtar, and that's how we know they're a kona the evid bishtar. Okay? That's one possibility that you learn. Now, another possible way of knowing that you're a kona the evid bishtar. It's a little bit more direct. The pasuk says, imacheres tikachlo, right? It directs us, possibly. That's another way of saying it. Either be ishus that we don't see ishus of chazaka, or, right, that the star applies to both wives, and therefore it's not a Kenyan star, but it's a Kenyan chazaka. It's not a Kenyan chazaka, rather, but it is a Kenyan star, and therefore, as we know, a woman is nicknamed bishtar, the second woman is nicknamed star, and so too the first woman is nicknamed bishtar. Fine. So that is how Rav Chista learns it. But Rav Huna, right? Remember, we had a machlokas Rav Huna and Rav Chista, right? Rav Huna was the one that says Adon Kosva, that you could use a star, and that it's compared to the Ama Ivria acquisition. So Ravuna, hi, lo seitsa ketsetsa avadim, adarshbe. So he doesn't need the whole pasuk of lo seitsa ketsetsa avadim, right, to learn that an Evid Ivri is nicknamed Bishtar. So what does he do with that leftover pasuk, as we've been doing for the last few days? We're trying to tie up loose ends of leftover psukim. Says the Gemara, ahumibayi He learns it to, to teach you that uh, just like an Evid, when he gets maimed, he, uh, again, an Evid Ivri, when he gets maimed, he doesn't go free. That would not only apply only to an Evid Ivri, but also to an Ama Ivriya. Okay, so Rav Chista, Im Kein, Lechtov Kor Lo How is Rav Chista going to learn that halacha? That he doesn't go out that free when he gets maimed? He would learn it with my Ketsei Savadim. It could have said Ketsei Kavadim. Why did it say Ketsei Savadim? So again, he learns the Limud from the the extraneous word kitseis, shmami not tarti. And therefore, Rav Chistar would learn both things from that one pasuk. The Number one, she does not go free with Evarim. And number two, she's nicknamed Bishtar. Okay, so now we're at the two dots of Yovel. So the Mishnah had said, okay, Andrew, you know how, now you know how to uh, acquire your slave with a star and where the source is. How about Bishonin? Kona Asma Bishonin. So what was the rest of the Mishnah? Dechsev. He should go free. Right? So the psukim that we referenced and by Yovel, Now we're quoting the psukim that teach you that when the term, the six-year term, again, according to Tanakama, this is in the classic ever that's sold by Bezdin, right, as a punishment, he should go out after six years uh, term and then when the Yovel comes out, he goes out as well. And likewise, Bigiron Kesef, as the Mishnah had said, how do we know that he gets, so the two psukim of Yovel and Sheishonim are, are simple. The Giron Kasef is how do we know that he can do the buyout of his contract, as it were? Because the Pasuk says, Vehefda. Right? This is again with the Ama Ivriya, he shall cause her to be redeemed. By an Ama Ivriya, he can, uh, that, was, that was the big Kiddush that we learned a couple of days ago, that he can prorate, right? Her, the amount and take off her purchase price, her buyout price, based off of how many years she had already worked. Even though we said it's a chiddush, she, you know, she was less useful in her younger years. Still, we do that as a right a clemency to her. Okay, so now let's talk about 
how you might go out free prematurely before the end of the sixth year. Tana. Okay, so what about this buyout? That you could buy yourself out with money or with, or with equivalent of money or a star. Says, let's, let's look at this price. Okay. We know from the Pasuk, again, this is in Vayikra Chafei, that it says, Right? This is, um, if, this is a unique case. If an Eved, says the Torah, is sold to a non-Jew, then we have to do what? We have to redeem him. This was the end of yesterday's Dav. Right? You have to repay according to, to the Kesef Miknatso. Shavet Kesef. So that's how we know that you can buy out. In other words, in that scenario, we buy him out. So that's how, so again, comparing the Pesukah, that's how we know that the Eved can be bought out. That's how he buys himself out, right? Yes. So how does he have money if called Masha Kana? Eved Kana So Barry is asking a fundamental question. How's an Eved buying himself out? Where do you get the money from? Isn't he, so, after all, does he have any assets? Aren't all, are, don't all of his assets, aren't they, don't they all belong to the master? Um, I, I'm not 100% sure, but let, let, let's review what the case is. Besden sold this guy to the, they gave him as a punishment. He was a thief, okay? And he gave him as a punishment. And it is true that so long as he is his, his, um, his slave, right? He's not going to make any any of his acquisitions. That's what Barry's pointing out. Any acquisition that he that he does, his master, but uh, would get. But I'm wondering whether that would be true for ex- pre-existing assets. Maybe he comes in with pre-existing assets, right? And that those assets don't all automatically belong. And what if what if he? You know what I'm saying? He was like, what if he was a wealthy thief that got sold? So so long as he's in servitude, he's not going to make any money. And he's not going to have a side hustle, right? He's not going to have ex- like a, another job. Everything goes straight to the master. But I think his pre-existing assets remain his. That he'll go back to that. I think. I don't know. That's what it seems like to me. Um, but that's uh, we have to look into that. That's a very good question. Uh, how would he acquire himself practically? Okay, that's what I think the answer is. But I'll double check Blinader. Okay. Shavu Kesef Nami. Okay, so it says that's how you learn Kesef. How about Shavu Kesef that you don't need? You need. You could use like assets that are similar to money. Yashiv Gula So That's a more right uh, inclusive phrase, right? That he says he should pay his redemption. That's an, a superfluous term to include even more case, uh, cases. right? So Kesef and Shavu Kesef. That's what we learn on Chesam and Aleph. That that uh, and we have to go back to that to double check Barry's question. Elahai Star Hechidami. Right, that's why, okay, so what's the case of a shtar? How do we know that you can, what does it mean that you're getting out early by shtar? What's this shtar that you're going out early with? If you're going to say shtar adame, which is basically like a receipt, right? Like it's, a, it's an IOU. If he writes him an IOU, hainu kesef. Well, an IOU is like as good as money. Like he's doing a money order. So that's not a shtar really. That's what the Gemara is saying, right? A shtar is like a document that affects a kenyan. Right, that an, an IO and money order is just a form of money. El shichur, no, it has to be a star shichur. So star lamali. Why would you need to give a star shichur asked Lumar to an Evid Ivri? Just bring two witnesses and says zil, zaygazun. Right, go. Okay. In other words, why do you need a star shichur for an Evid Ivri? Is the Gemara's question. 
Inami zil. Or bring them to Bezdin. Bezdin or Adam and say, Zaygaza, go for it. Okay? Says the Gemara, Amarava, because it's going to explain. That you can't, this is again, explaining why a master uh, can, can let an Evid Ivri free just by, uh, just by setting him free verbally. Amarava, Zatamar, Evid Ivri Gufo Kanoi. Rava's saying a fundamental thing that we mentioned it in our introduction here today. That there is a form of Kenyan on this Evid Ivri. You could spend a month on this in Yeshiva. Right? Viharav Shemachal Al Ono. And therefore, if a master verbally waves the rest of his servitude, Ein Girono Machal, he does not accomplish it, which is to say, you can't just verbally be Moichel, right? This is, a, this is something that has been determined by the Torah, and Bezin sold him to you. You have a certain Kenyan on him. The, uh, uh, I was listening to Rabbi Elephant explain the Ramban on this, but Rashi himself says it. Gufo Ikano, right? Lufiqa Charav Shemachal Girono, Einu Machal, Betzach Shichra. Okay, um, I'm going to say it outside for the for the for the um, sake of time. Uh, Rabbi Elephant was quoting the Ramban. He quote he calls this not a Kenyan aguf but a Kenyan iser. Okay, whatever you you could you could learn this in yeshivas for a month. The point is, it's not a regular contract. That's the point here, Andrew. It, there is an acquisition here. Gufo konui means that you can't just be mochelit if you're the master. You have to give him a star. Without giving him a star to effectuate the free the freedom, it's not going to work. That is what Rava got out of this, and that's a big yisod, right? Again, this may not be true necessarily for the for the career evid, as we would say, the guy who volunteered, but it certainly is true of the gufoi konoi for the evid ivri that Bezdin. Uh, and again, this is the Ramban's proof. If you hold that you can give him a shivcha kananis then clearly this dude has a different status, this Evid has a different status vis-a-vis his master than just a regular, you know, uh, worker, right? Obviously, there's some form of Kenyan here, right, that, is, that, it, that, that gives him a different status. And so that, whatever that status is, call it a Kenyan Isser in the parlance of the Ramban, whatever that Kenyan is, that is going to need to be broken, not just by a Zaygezunt and a wave of the hand, but by a Shtar, right? That's, that's the point there, okay. So now the two dots, Yisera lav Amma Ivriya. So what we said that the Amma Ivriya could be acquired, we uh, can go free in other ways. As we pointed out, she's fundamentally different than Evid Ivriya. She goes out as soon as she shows signs of maturity. Amma Ishlakish. Amma Ivriya kona satsma misas av mishus adon mikal v'chomer. We learn that when, who, who, her father dies. Okay, so Ishlakish now is saying a whole new thing that was not in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says Simanim. That makes sense, right? Like if she matures out, or obviously if her master dies, so then she goes free, right? She's not going to sit. Well, it's not obvious actually, but you you might have thought that she will have that she would be passed along as an Evakanani is again. If a Shivcha Kananis or an Evakanani, if the master dies, they get passed along to the to the Yershim, to the heirs. This is not true of an Evid Ivri or an Arma Ivriya. If that master dies, she just goes free. She doesn't go to the heirs. That's a very another fundamental difference that we learn again. Uh, that we just we quoted the pasuk as recently as today that 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 this inheritance is only with regards to Evid Kananim. But this is a new thing. This is when her father her father dies. So so well, so why who cares if her father dies? No, Rish Lakish is giving you a big chiddush. Even if she's at the servitude of the master, when her father dies, she goes free. Why? From Akav Chomer says Rish Lakish. How so? Okay, there's like a 
interesting little six-month window. She, she has Naras, right? But she's still, when she's a Nara, she's considered under her father's jurisdiction, which is to say, if she was going to be working in kosher McDonald's, right, she would be, her, her salary would go to the dad, right? Even, and she doesn't go out until Bagrus. So again, she has Simonim, and she's not yet out of Rishus Av until Bagrus, and yet, Motsin Rishus Adon. That's in contrast to what we learn, which she's an Ama Ivria in the possession of the Adon, uh, the Simonim right away she goes out. Oh, so again, she goes out when she's in the Adon, she doesn't go out when she's Rishus Av. So now the Kabachomer, Misa Shemotsiyah Rishus Av. Obviously, if her father dies, she will be able to keep her stuff. If at that point she starts to keep her salary, which is to say she's not giving it to the heirs, you might say her brothers may say, "Hey, give us the money." No, 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 no. The halacha is no. She doesn't have to give the money. That we learned in Ksubis already, Dafmem Gimel. That then at that point she keeps it. It doesn't go to the Yorshim. So since we see that Misa of the father is going to take her out of the jurisdiction, let's say, of her brothers uh, when it comes to right being uh, getting to keep her own salary, as it were. So too, so therefore from there you do a kavachomer. If the Misa Sa'av is going to take her out of that jurisdiction when the Simanim don't, so therefore, therefore, then therefore when her father dies, if she could keep her Misa Yadayim uh, when her father dies, then certainly she should be able to go free from the jurisdiction of her master. Kavachomer. To which, Mesve Rav Oshia, he says, really? First of all, we have our Mishnah. How's right? Obviously, Rishlakish is not according with our Mishnah. Our Mishnah didn't mention this as a way that an Amivriya goes free, right? Our Mishnah says that Amivriya shekones atzma b'simanim. It just mentions simanim. And if it is true that she would also be leaving the master with the with the death of her father, then this Nami Mises Av. Then our Mishnah should have mentioned that that Mises Av is one of the way that goes out. So the Gemara Tana Vishir. Rishlakish should say, yeah, no, our Mishnah just left it out. Really. My shear the high shear. Ask the Gemara. Wait a minute. Ton of his shear, as we famously know, will will is only something that you could say. Ton of shear is something when you say, you know what? There's like fifty different ways to leave your master, right? And then of those ways, we'll mention two of them as an example, right? But if but if there's only two ways or three ways, and we're going to mention every way except one of them. That's not how ton of Ishir works. You need to have a lot, multiples of left out. In other words, right? Some cases you're just giving an example. Some cases you're giving an exhaustive list. Well, if you're saying all of them except for one, that's not giving an example. That's leaving something out. So what's the extra thing that we left out? So the Rish Laka says, Shir Mises Adam, right? We left out the death of the other. That's what, that's what it left out. Hmm. That, in other words, what? The Misas Adon and the Misas father, right? Rish Lakish's Chiddush is that when her father dies, she goes out. But Rish Lakish is pointing out, we didn't mention that when the, when the Adon dies, she, the Mish, uh, she goes out. The Mishnah didn't mention that. And so we have other examples that the Mishnah didn't mention. Therefore, Rish Lakish justifies saying Tan of Ashir. The Gemara says, no, I don't like that. That's not Tan of Ashir. Because we already mentioned by an Ish, Right, that the fundamental difference between an Evan Ivri and an Evan Kanani is that when the master dies, the Evan Ivri goes free. So that's already, we know that by an Evan Ivri, and therefore, once we already know that, it's axiomatic, and therefore, this is not something that we left out. This is something that we all already know. So the Gemara, so, so the Gemara would say, well, wait a minute, but Ella Nisni, why Taka, as the Gemara says, did we not say that the death of the father? Like, if, how's Rish Lakish gonna, 
going to answer for that. Why didn't we mention it? Says the Gemara, Shlakish would say, Tana davashesh lo kitzvah katani, davashein lo kitzvah lo katani. This, the, um, we say that the Mishnah only mentions davashesh lo kitzvah, which means like predictable, right? The Mishnah only mentions things that we know are going to happen. So what do we know are going to happen? Like, the determined things like the, the, the term of when she's going to um, age out, simonim, for example. So you know when that's going to be to a certain extent. Not really, the Gemara says. That's also not a fixed, predictable time, right? You see what's going on here? In other words, the Mishnah may have only said during these predictable times, these predictable ways that you can actually know that's going to happen. It's not just like this eventuality if somebody dies. That's just like, of course, if somebody dies, we're going to mention it, but uh, then she's going to go free. Like in the case of her master, it makes the most sense, right? Like who's she going to serve? The Yarshim? Okay, she's not an, a Shifcha Kenanis, right? But be that as it may, our mission is only talking about a predictable thing that, you, that Andrew could put on his schedule ahead of time. But if it's something that has like this amorphous amount of time, then, when, then that's why the mission doesn't mention it. That's not going to be uh, relevant to the Mishnah, right? So that's what it means. It says, Davashe Enlokitz Velokatani. So, but the Gemara challenges that. We say Simanim are also, we're not sure exactly when she's going to show Simanim, and yet it's mentioned in our Mishnah as the quintessential way that's different in which way an Am Avery goes out. To which Amar of Safra, that they don't have an end time, but it has a beginning time. In other words, it starts as soon as she becomes a Nara. Right, okay, that's not really kitzvah because I don't know if the starting point is the point. It's like, it's the opposite of this minion, right? This minion is, is reverse engineered to when it ends, to not when it begins. When it ends, it's called kitzvah, right? <laughs> it's not when it begins, that's not the point. But it be as it may, it's still considered kitzvah because it's an, in the beginning, it's, it's at least determined to Tanya. And we have a bison to the effect, ben tisha shonim, tisha shonim saros, shuma, that what happens if you see a nine-year-old and he looks like he has what we call shtei saros? We say that's just a mole. From nine to twelve, the odan bone. You still see that mole with the hairs. Shuma. So then there's a machlokas. The Tanakam is going to say that's just a mole. That's not called simanim. says so. That's where the machlokas lies between nine and twelve. Is this uh, pre-existing mole considered a siman or not? That's the machlokas. And then ben yud from the bar mitzvah and and viter divrei call siman. After that, everything is going to be considered a siman, a sign of in fact um, maturity. And therefore, we see that uh, the all the parameters of when we consider them to be simanim. Okay, so now again, five lines down. So, Moshev Rav Sheshis, Rav Shimon Omer, Dalad Manikim Lahem, that there are four categories of people that get what? So again, we're going to try to prove Rav Shlakish's idea. When the death of her father, does it set her free when she's an Amma Ivriya? So there are four people who get the severance package. Gimel Be'ish, Gimel Be'isha. Those categories, three of them are in male, three of them are in female. But there's nothing, just like the 613 mitzvahs. You can't say that all of them apply to all of them, because some apply to females, some apply to males. And so not all four categories are going to be male or female. Because, for example, a male doesn't go out just by simanim, right, as an evidivri. And a woman, right, doesn't, the idea of, Right, Ritzia, going by the ear, doesn't apply to a woman, and therefore you can't say that an Evan Nirza go out and Yovel, that that applies to a woman, and she does not get, right, the, um, the uh, parting gifts then. So now if it was true what Rish Lakish says, that, that she goes out free from the Misa Sa'av, that should have been mentioned. In other words, we have the, the, all the categories, and Misa Sa'av is not one of them. So how did Rish Lakish answer that? 
So says the Gemara, Vachitema Achanami Tanavishir, Ba'arbaakatani. So if you're going to say there too, he left it out because Tanavishir, that's another scenario where you're going to say it's for sure not Tanavishir because the Mishnah actually said the exact number. It said Arba. So why would it be, it's, it sounds like it's giving an exhaustive list. So maybe you'll say vechitema tana davar sheish lo kitzvah katani v'davar sheish lo kitzvah lo katani. So maybe you'll say what we said earlier that it's only counting those things that yesh lahem kitzvah, right? And the father's death is something that is not predictable. So the gemara simanim dein lo kitzvah v'katani. Yeah, but we mentioned simanim and that ain't lo kitzvah. So now we're going to go back to right the fact that they really don't have kitzvah and still it's mentioned. V'chitema hachanami kidder of safra. But maybe you're going to say that this is like Rav Safra that does consider Simon to have kitzvah as we just mentioned. However, we mentioned Mises Adon. We don't know when the master's going to die and yet that's mentioned in the mitzvah. So the Gemara, Mises Adon, right, nami lo ketani. You think that that's part of the four? That's not the, the four. So the Gemara, so what's the four? Categories. So the Gemara, Shanim. Now we're going to say what the four categories are. Shanim, you go out because you, you finish your term. Viovel, Viovel shall write at Yovel. Viovel shall ritzia that a nirtza goes for Yovel. The Ama Ivri b'Simanim and the Ama Ivri goes out b'Simanim. So Hachinami mistabra, and that also makes sense, right? Because the Ktani Seifa Iata Yocholoma Arba Arba Echa Behen the Fishayin Simanim Beisha and Ritzia Beisha Vimisa Beisha Miyamishkachas La Arba. Right? Because if it were, then that would also be for Shmami Nas. We finished off by pointing out that the death of the master is, in fact, not dealt with the Brisa at all. So that is one way of knocking down Reish Lakish. We'll continue uh, in the middle of Tazayin Base with the other ways of knocking down Reish Lakish. Bezrat Hashem tomorrow.